Hey everyone, this is Heaving Bosoms, the podcast where two great friends recap romance novels while giggling, gasping with incredulity, and connecting with amazing romance pals. This week, we're starting with a Patreon shout-out. Kate K. Beautiful Chickaloo Kate, you are descended from Talia, the Greek muse of comedy. Not only was she known for her exuberant personality, but her name loosely translate to the joyous and flourishing. And you get that, because you live your best life every day. Kate, you're a real-life comedy muse. I, for one, would bend over backwards to inspire your body laugh. Our Patreon is where you can find tons of bonus episodes, videos, and so much more. So check that out. Today, we have something extra special for you. Sally Thorne joined Aaron and I to talk about 90s masterpiece, Untamed Heart. To give you a little behind-the-scenes insight, the Australian and U.S. internet apparently had a knockdown, drag-out fight while sending Sally's individual audio file, so I wasn't able to do the detailed edit I normally would. Don't get me wrong, the episode is still loads of fun, but my perfectionist soul needed to say that out loud in front of you. Thank you for understanding, listener. Also, make sure to keep an eye on our social media this week, because we're giving away five hating game paperbacks with the movie tie-in cover. Now, I'm going to stop yammering, because we need to get to Untamed Heart with the unmatched Sally Thorne. Oh, hello. Hi, Sally Thorne. Welcome to the podcast. I have been looking forward to this like an absolute insane person, if I'm being honest with you. Oh, me me too. too. (laughs) There are so many. I am dog sitting. There are so many dogs barking in the background. So I apologize if you listener can hear it. And also to my two beautiful co-hosts today. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So Sally, how have you been since uh, you came to our Patreon book club? (laughs) How have you been since that amazing day? (laughs) I've been just really riding that high for a long time. Uh, (laughs) I've just really been recovering. I've been drinking a lot of fluids. Oh, Uh, thank goodness. (laughs) It is really not my nature to spontaneously join events. So I need you to know how rare that was. I was honored. I was shocked. I was like, listener. So what happened was we had a book club that was going to be about Sally's books. And then I was like, you know, she had liked our social media or whatever. And I was like, you know what? Shot in the dark. I don't even know what time it is in Australia. Hey, here's the link if you want to join. And then she was like, wouldn't that be weird though? And I was like, <laughs> no, it would not be weird. Every person there would love it. <laughs> Well, look, you just never assume, like, it could be just full of people that are, like, ready to take this set of books down, you know, <laughs> the most underrated release of all time. I, I mean, I don't know, like, I obviously have some sort of issues to work through there. Um, I don't know why people would bother putting so much time into joining to hate on a book, but I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the internet's like, but I trusted I you guys you. and it was lovely. <laughs> yeah, it was the Never. Sally Thorne book club. Like I would, mm-hmm. if 
they joined just to be trolls, I think that would be a very I um, would eject them. special Bye. kind of person that we would kick out of the Zoom. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's just really an insight into just me generally, um, that I would assume <laughs> that that was not a safe thing to do. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I guess the therapy session has started now, right? So um, <laughs> it all well, goes back to my childhood. <laughs> when you join something like that, where people are going to be gushing over your books, it's kind of its own kind of anxiety. Yeah, that's too. a different like, awkward and, as well. So we ended up talking about a lot of different books and tropes. Yeah, and it was fun. It was really, really fun. And again, thank you for lending us your time. It was really nice. Oh, no, it was my pleasure. (laughs) So today we're here to talk about this crazy movie. Oh, wait, I have one thing. Sally, you have a thing. Hello. So (laughs) I recently found out that my friends Bianca and Sheila are your biggest fans. Could you just say hello to Bianca and Sheila? They would lose their shit. (laughs) Hi, Bianca and Sheila. Uh, Thank you for being my fans. I think you're, you're probably my second and third biggest fans because my mom is actually Ow. my first biggest fan. Oh, you know what? We so can't I'm shouting mom. out to my mom now. I've just like <laughs> co-opted this shout out. <laughs> that's even better. They just got a shout out along with your mom. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty like serious shout out. Thank you. Top, I appreciate it. Shout out. Yeah. <laughs> They're going through a hard time. So I I really appreciate that. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now okay, we are here Aaron, I... to talk about oh. I'm so excited to hear what Erin specifically wants to say about this movie because I know she's got some some takes. I have Sally, a lot of notes. Untamed Heart. You oh have the DVD God. version that you're, you're holding I love up. It. Uh, uh, Sally is always prepared. Remember in book club when we said that, uh, like, what's your favorite author or whatever? And she's like, I always have a Nora Roberts within five <laughs> feet of me and just held one up. Incredible. I know. <laughs> I stayed up all night researching Untamed Heart. And I mean, I've, I've seen it so many times that I barely had to brush up for this, but um, <laughs> I was holding for, for people that could not see the what I was doing. I was holding up my DVD copy of Untamed Heart. It's an ex-rental bought from Video Easy, which is like Blockbuster when they closed <laughs> down. And it's got a $5 sticker on it. And it was the best $5 spent yet. That's right. I went through a journey with this movie. Mm-hmm. I had never, I had never even heard of it before, honestly, mm-hmm. oh. because I live under a movie rock, as everyone will know. Okay, um, I'm glad we could do this then. I haven't seen you. it. I assumed when I saw 1993 Christian Slater, we were going to get some like some true romance, some Heather's sort of mm. like uh, like a like a murder smolder, like Ooh. a burn things and like kill people to get to the lady he loves, sort of a Christian Slater. Oh and boy, we, what we got Prince was, of thieves. <laughs> it was different. No, um, what we got was a Christian Slater who may have been raised by meerkats. <laughs> may have been like. <laughs> He definitely was raised by nuns. (laughs) No, I'm convinced. I think that that whole throwback section was a red herring that was completely made up in his tiny meerkat brain because (laughs) this man had never seen another human before. This man had never encountered another human person before this movie started. (laughs) This is like, I'm like really into this at the moment. Like I would rather have a guy that had never beheld a human or <laughs> then like some like smooth CEO or like a guy that runs a casino or something. Yeah. Like, 
I'm into this. Like this is this is um a really a, a window into what has shaped me as a writer as well. Oh. Like a lot of this is just really formative romance weirdness 101 for me. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and uh, we were saying before we started recording that I'm pretty old. I mean, I look I know that I look like I'm 20, but I'm actually 40. So 1993. This is I think I probably hit puberty right during this movie. So um Whoa. Let's get into it. <laughs> yeah, I was talking to my friend about this and we were talking about how you like imprint on like whatever weird dangerous loner is like the the it yeah. boy when you're between like 11 and 14. Yeah. And like mine was Ski Ulrich. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> mine was like scream villain Skeet. Um, so like Ooh. I understand where you're coming from. I get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Okay. So we got to start this thing. We start in an orphanage in the way back times in like probably late 70s, I'd say. And there is a forlorn boy. Yeah. tone, broken oh. bike. Like, oh, this yeah. is a, it is a very, it is a classical music. It is like Actually, the yeah. opening to Citizen Kane. Like My- it, it is the way this thing opens is so somber. Okay. Um, you want to hear my very first note? It says snowy lawn, desolate bike sign mm-hmm. on building says bless the beasts and the children and i know i want that sign in my house but well, actually that's incredible foreshadowing don't you think like yes. in terms of foreshadowing oh yeah I, it's incredible and i agree when the when the movie opens you're thinking have i put the wrong dvd in yeah <laughs> for real no, but we get to meet very sick adam he's got a scar in his chest and that is because in the jungles, they put in a tat, they, they put in a baboon heart. I almost had a tattoo heart. And I don't know where that came from. Um, Fine. The scar on his chest is not. It's here, nuts. Okay, listen, I'm just going to say this straight out. <laughs> I, want, I know that this is maybe not Melody's take on the movie. I would mm-hmm. like to hear what Sally's take is. But here's the thing. This man has a baboon heart given to him by the baboon king. Full stop. Like Aaron, objective. That's canon. She's not going to entertain. No other theater series. Nope. That is what happened. <laughs> I don't know. You can't prove that it didn't happen. Exactly. Yeah. I, th- I feel like I have a lot of evidence to back this up. I feel like Adam also had a lot of evidence to back this up. One of the things that I think is like very telling is that this scar is fucking nuts it's like diagonal type Uh (laughs) it's not a medical procedure it's a frankenstein scar scar. that's what it is actually sally is it a frankenstein scar you should know oh yeah sally's been deep in frankenstein times you should tell us about that too yeah yeah yeah. i am i mean that makes me sound like i have been performing sort of my own medical experiments in my home (laughs) i like to show listeners that i have not I thought that, that is... was the research process. No, <laughs> um, no, no, not quite yet. It is, it's actually illegal in Australia to um, reanimate wow. human beings. Really? Um, really? Wow. Yeah, that is I know. A damper that they're put on the creative process. And I think we need to have a word with the whole of Australia. I know. I mean, it's, it is pretty hard to wow. live with, actually. Um, we're really backwards in a lot of ways. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> long story short, I wrote a book called Angelica Frankenstein makes her match and you everything that you need to know is in the title oh um (laughs) 
And I will confirm that the scar that we see on Christian Slater, particularly as an adult, mm. is like what I would call a cartoon scar. Ooh. It's like at least a foot and a half long, and it's got these huge cross stitches <laughs> across it. That are it looks like a football. Looks like a football yeah. stitch. Yes, it does. It's it's the Super Bowl of oh my god, it's amazing. And I can't and, emphasize um, this enough. <laughs> diagonal, diagonal. <laughs> I I have my own theory that the um, nuns in the orphanage actually just because when he collapsed in the orphanage, it didn't seem like calling an ambulance was an option. So I have a feeling that right. that Mother Camilla at some point just said, "Bring me some hot towels." <gasps> you and think she's the baboon water. king? Oh my God, oh. Mother Camilla is the baboon king. <laughs> okay, well, we've busted this wide open and we're only a few minutes in. And we've got a snort, snort there. Someone snorted. <laughs> okay, wait, because, listener, he's sick and he he's like looking forlornly out the window while kids get adopted and stuff. And he only ever gets to spend time with Mother Camilla. And Mother Camilla always puts him to bed by telling him about his heart. And the story is, we hear it at the beginning, it's about the baboon king and how that baboon king was doing like medical experiments. It wasn't no, quite that. No, that wasn't, no, it wasn't, that wasn't quite it. that. No. It was, no. his parents lived in the jungle. That's and the one. And his father was trying to steal a chest of rubies that he needed to heal Adam's heart. Magical And, and the baboon king came down from the peaks of Kilimanjaro. That's right. He caught him stealing the rubies and struck him down dead. But when Did he found out down. that he'd had a sick child, the baboon king was so overcome with sorrow that he pulled his own mighty baboon heart from his own chest and placed right. it into the child. So that does account for that weird scar, really, if that's the truth. It does. It, it does. is. That is canon. I think that is absolutely what happened no and then he was raised in that jungle for at least seven more years uh he got all of those those animalistic qualities and then he was thrown into that diner straight into that diner that's well, what he happened had, he had the nuns times for a little bit then he went into the diner fair fair okay yeah so, so he's we're, a... we're almost there we're almost at the diner yeah. <laughs> let's, let's and i think sorry. that like can we just get this out of the way Please. Oh my God. I was sitting at the diner. I lost my actual mind when that song came on. I lost it. It's so good. Yeah. So good. Routine, like her cigarettes, like Marissa Tomei is like so hot in 1993. And like, so like she's cute and hot and like so cool. And she's got her like matching bra and panty, like lace set. And she's like, she's like rushing up red bodysuit. Yeah. She's tearing off her, she's tearing off the pink waitress uniform Mm -hmm. that looks so good on her. Like, oh my God. Dare she? She's running up the stairs and she's got, she's obviously late for something. She's run past her mother. I also love the fact that the parents have no lines in this movie. It's was it. really related to me as a teenager. I was it's like, so good. the parents are like not barely even background just prop, props mm-hmm. in the background. And she's getting changed. She's ready to go. She's, she's rushing. She's um, getting ready like a girl in the 90s. Yeah, like she getting likes her eyeliner. Yeah, she likes yeah. her eyeliner on fire. Oh, it's good. She does the so spritz good. and the swoop into the spritz. Oh my god, the swoop! To get her I've never perfume seen on. the swoop. Oh, I loved it. I used yes. the swoop today because it was the first time I had encountered it. That's nuts. <laughs> my hair now. smells amazing. <laughs> it's good. Then she, she has the weirdest breakup of all time. <gasps> first of all, I have one thing to say 
before since we since they know it's a breakup now so she has busted ass to get like she she did a cold wash of her armpits and stuff she has rushed to get ready for this date and then this absolute Creighton comes driving up to like supposedly pick her up and he's honking, 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 honking. And when you find out that he's honking so that she hurries up to get out there so that he can break up with her and not because he's taking her somewhere, it like really changes his whole deal for me. Was he driving a snowplow as well? Yes. That's a nice touch. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't think... (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> that's not like a full-on snowplow it's just a truck with a plow on the front like yeah. a lot of people yeah. have it's those it's a pickup truck with a oh do a lot of oh. people have those <laughs> <laughs> do they Aaron? <laughs> I didn't um, know that you know here a lot of people have those you just uh, put your plow on the front of your sure. truck in the winter time this yeah, is supposed to be you, minnesota then you giddy right? up <laughs> okay I well we don't we have in snow in australia so <laughs> Yeah, I thought well, we were in here in Alaska. We do, and a lot of people have those. Okay, all right. I take it back. I apologize to all <laughs> listeners. They have one of those on the front of their car. <laughs> so now she's at the diner with Rosie Perez, and they're going through all her bad boyfriends, and they're smoking so much. The much. smoking in this movie was oh my gosh. so like out of like control. every moment somebody had a cigarette and i'm sorry so listener good. but they all looked so cool they like looked they looked so, so cool with their cigarettes yes it's actually like almost a plot point in the movie at some point yeah like and i wanted to ask yeah. you guys why do you think there was so much smoking in this movie because it's it cool. to make them all seem older or Maybe. was it still cool in 1993 i, I bet it's like that like paid them monies <laughs> possibly for one thing um, it was just that like coffee and cigarettes, like art film kind of culture at that mm, time. Like, right. I think that was just kind of what was in the zeitgeist. That's my take. Well, in this start- first scene, we also see Rosie Perez spraying her fringe with hairspray while oh. she's smoking. It was iconic. She she's is one of the greatest Rosie things about Perez. the movie, like in oh, my yeah. opinion. Absolutely. She's, her- she's just like that work best friend that keeps your head on straight, tells mm-hmm. it how it is. And she's electric. Later on, we'll talk about her her moves on the dance floor. Oh, um, <laughs> oh she's yeah. just great. She smokes when she's um, when they go ice skating. She's smoking on the ice skating rink. <laughs> yes. It's amazing. So many iconic fashion looks. Uh, yes. I mean, I want a movie about her. Like, is is it too late? <laughs> I know. I, right? I, I like Adam doesn't fall in love with her. I mean, Marissa Tomei is like super hot, but I would have definitely fallen. She's like electric in this movie. Rosie, Rosie Perez. Perez would never give him the time of day, and we all know it. Yeah, we know why. We know exactly yeah. why. Yeah, she we tells do. us later. Yeah, yikes! <laughs> the best line in the movie, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they're all sitting around and they're talking about like which guy was Stephen? Oh, was he the one with the fig tree? No, no, that was Mike. <laughs> You know, like we, we're getting the picture that this is a young lady that has got a lot of love to give and oh. she's just found nothing but duds in the mm-hmm. dating scene in, I guess, Minneapolis in like 1993. Things are, things are pretty grim. Aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Rosie Perez has a New York accent that made me believe we were in New York until roughly a third of the way into this movie. So, 
I want to know when she I was happened transplanted. to see something when I Googled <laughs> the the movie. I I saw something about Marissa Tomei did such and such to practice her Minneapolis accent. And so Ooh. that's what got it in my head. Nice. I don't know that she had one, but that's that's what I read. Okay, um, so as okay, she leaves so then, the diner, yes. She like walks out and all we see is creepy ass long haired Christian Bale busboy Christian Bale just like staring at her alarmingly out the window <laughs> you, you have Christian a different Bale. take Sally <laughs> no Christian Slater Christian Slater oh Christian, Christian Slater's <laughs> I don't know who anybody is <laughs> Christian Slater and we first get to see the hair that 90s hair on men where it was like cut oh too long I mean there was a there was a reason for his long hair coming up later in the movie i guess but it's because he had that long hair that was kind of flipped over and at this angle that uh-huh. somehow never really went over the eyes too much i know it's because um, of the grease greasy. factor yeah because of the grease the held grease it in place. really held it yeah and look it was hot in the 90s like <laughs> no guys looked like they had had a shower in a week in the 90s I, it's just how it when was. christian slater had his hair like straight back like when he had yeah. the longer hair and it looks like he just like raked his hand through it mm. and it stuck there due to grease mm-hmm. that <laughs> makes my heart go oh yeah back. it um it was hot this creepy leer did not do it for me <laughs> well, but it's great foreshadowing because someone says as caroline leaves be careful there's some crazies out there yeah should we at this point give a trigger warning for yeah um, yes yeah gets, it gets a little intense right yes. so don't watch this movie if uh, depictions of uh, near sexual assault and very ominous predatory behavior freaks and you assault. out. And assault. Yeah, oh no, yeah, complete assault, absolutely. Full on assault, attempted sexual assault. Yeah. And also, well, I just want to put it out there. This does not have an HEA. Oh, it so doesn't like, have I an HEA. I think we need to or warn everybody. It? You know what I mean? Like it doesn't <laughs> or it does. And we can talk about it. <laughs> But like, I think, I think fair to say it doesn't. Right? No. Yeah. Uh, no, I was sobbing on my couch last night. So yeah, no, it doesn't. You have mm-hmm. a contemplative What do you look. think, Sally? Yeah. Look, it's one of those movies where you have to decide at the end for yourself if it was romantic or if it was sad. Yeah. Um, yeah. So look, you guys, you're, you're strapped. You've come this far with us. Just, 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 <laughs> just keep going. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right. Okay, so there's a busy night at the diner. There's like yeah. a wedding there, which is strange. And he's just back there bleeding in the kitchen. Just like he's <laughs> he's just got like a cut on his hand. And he's acting Aww. like Tarzan. This is my note. He's acting like Tarzan. He's like looking at her like he's never seen her in his life. And it he he's in love. so much blinking. And he doesn't know what a Band-Aid is. Even though... It's- he has encountered medical procedures before y'all <laughs> magical <laughs> ones though that's right magical <laughs> ones that's right mother camilla it's did transform hard. into the king baboon <laughs> uh yeah i mean maybe he was under some sort of really strong like gas when when that procedure mm-hmm. happened but mm-hmm. yeah so anyway uh caroline is ordered by the nasty boss who is always counting money in a suit for some reason <laughs> to um go back and find where adam is where is adam where's this mm-hmm. idiot and he's back there with a very bad cut on his hand. He's ceased to function. He's just standing there You're looking at his own in hand. The mist. He really was. <laughs> he's possibly bleeding out. Um, I, I don't yeah, know. Hand wound. 
Caroline swings into action. She talks a mile a minute. This is this is her. She's, and she sort of, the more that the quieter he is, the more she wants to fill the silence. And mm-hmm. I relate to that in a little bit. And she basically performs first aid on him while doing this monologue about mm-hmm. how she always had a real Christmas tree when she was a child, but now they're all plastic. And then she remembers that, oh, wait, don't you work at the Christmas tree? Uh, the farm? Store? Yeah, the farm. store. Whatever and it she is. tells him that he smells like a pine tree. And that was at that point where I was like, oh, no, I used to line like that in the hating game. I plagiarized <laughs> and tamed hot in the hating game. I, I wrote down in my notes, did I plagiarize? <laughs> I think I did. No, <laughs> no, you didn't. Because no, also, because like, Lucy in addition... didn't say, I'm going to put a star on top of you. So Which we're I fine. thought was the cutest line. It was you smell like a pine tree. I'm going to put a star on your head. Oh, I thought that was so cute. <laughs> Me too. Um, but also, like, she notices he's covered in sap. <laughs> yeah. So he's just like back there in the kitchen of a restaurant, just like covered in tree sap and bleeding, just like haplessly staring at his wound. Like, this is not sanitary. It's not a good idea. So you no. didn't do that in the hating game. You weren't like, and and he was covered in sap. Like that wasn't part of it. So I think I think it was different. But you have to admit, for a sick scene, like uh I, I'm a sucker for a sick scene, mm-hmm. and it was a good one. You know, like it was very she, cute. she bandaged him up and did he even say anything? Did he whisper a little thank you at the end? Yeah, yeah. after As she, she was completely out of earshot, he said thank you in his thank Christian you. Slater oh. voice. Oh my yeah. gosh. Oh. And it was really cute because she looked at him and she said, oh, don't worry. I'm not going to make you talk to me. Like, yeah. I will just keep monologuing, but you don't mm-hmm. feel pressure to talk to me. It was really adorable. Kind of sweet. Yeah. Yeah. It was. So then there's a douchebag and Stanford from Sex in the City. Stanford from <laughs> Sex in the City. Why is Stanford there? Why are you doing rapes, know. sir? I don't sir. know. Oh my gosh. Also, it was so jarring he was bald to me. at 22. Oh yeah. <laughs> but like it was so jarring that just like Stanford shows up and is just like, we're going to bang some bitches. Am I right? It's like, whoa, what? Sir, I hate oh, it. Gosh. Yeah, so they're beating up her cigarette machine, and she has made an investment in this cigarette vending machine and put it in her place of work. And so they're like, it's not even your machine. Like, don't tell us not to boss it around. And she's like, actually, it is my machine because I'm a business lady who makes I never, investments. I never understood if she was lying and just like just to tell them that to take mm-hmm. better care of it or. Was it her? Who buys? Oh, I thought it was hers. I thought it was hers. I felt like she took it really personally. Yeah. Okay. You're right. Like she could have been just lying to get them to stop, which I think is also very plausible. Yeah. Yeah. So then these D bags, one of them is a, he turns into a hot man, like in future late actor times. And I can't remember who the fuck he is. It seems like he might be like in a procedural or something. Listen, it doesn't matter. He tall white guy. And um, he is like, hey, you know that girl? Like, I'm pretty sure I banged her at like a Christmas Eve party or something like that. A mm, New Year's There was party. that inference where he had a bit of a dirty smile and he was like, uh, remember that party, the basement? And he specifically requests that she waitress his table. Yeah. She's mm-hmm. really uncomfortable. And I just want to say that Marissa Tomei's acting skills in this movie, like we're laughing a lot about this movie, but no, I think she's so phenomenal. Good. Yeah. She's because so her, good in it. She's so vulnerable and she has such moments of like childlike fear in her eyes and mm-hmm. then resolve and 
um, grimly hoping that this situation is just going to go away and fake smiles. And I just really felt for her as she was trying to take the orders for this table of these two guys that are basically intimating that she parties a little too hard. And And harassing her. Like They're harassing her. It's horrible. And I wish she'd gone over to her money counting boss, said, (laughs) Jim, get these guys out of here. But I guess it still wouldn't have helped her because as we are about to get into, she has to walk home after this scene. Yeah. And like it's hard. This scene for me is has always been really frightening. Um, yeah, it's full on. It's really realistic. In like my how notes, they I, talk like, to my, her. Yeah, and my heart was just like beating. Like mm-hmm. I, oh wow. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's a really powerful scene. She's they they catch up to her. She's walking home. It's past four a.m. And first of all, they follow her in their car and try to get her to get in. And then they get out and walk through the park with her and. The yeah. panic on her face as they get deeper and deeper into this park and she yeah. realizes that where this is going, it's really hard to watch. And I was a teenager when I watched this and I was always walking around everywhere and was always really aware of, you know, cars cars around me and guys mm-hmm. yelling out windows at me. And so it really hit me hard, this scene. And basically there's some danger drums. We know that there's, yeah. that, there's some danger coming because well, there's then. some strong drum beats. Yeah. And one of the things I found to be so accurate and uh, I don't know, like really emotionally impactful was the way that they captured these men were saying totally normal things, right? Nothing. The things they're saying are really like benign. The words they were using up until a point were normal stuff. Right. But like you could feel that the way they were saying it, their body language, like all of that, like it was predatory. So they chase her and um, they get close to us. Like they do assault her. They're like, they're like, one is like hold Stanford's holding her and Howard is getting ready to do some bad things. And then out of the darkness comes Christian Slater and he- In the best sweater. Oh, in the best sweater. Yeah, 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 yeah. Big chunky sweater. Mm. And he beats them to a pulp. Sometimes with pieces of wood and shit. It's nice. It's great yeah, stuff. It's, it's satisfying to watch. Um, Caroline is actually unconscious at this point. Right. She's um, been held down and her head has kind of been banged on the ground a few times and she's unconscious. So she doesn't see all of this go down. Adam has questionable choices at this point Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm, if it was me, mm -hmm. he wouldn't have had a cell phone, um, but he should have gone and gotten the police. But he decides that he's just going to pick her up and carry her home. Uh, At this point, we don't know how he knows where she lives, but Mm -hmm. that's what he does. Mm -hmm. But we do find out. We do find (laughs) out later. Stay tuned. I also feel like if you're going to pick up the woman and carry her somewhere... Mm. It, it shouldn't be to outside? the porch swing of her house in the outside in December when she does have a head wound that could be swelling. You you don't know what's going on inside that head as far as like hemorrhaging, swelling. Where you should probably go is like maybe a hospital or, or um, at least a police station or a fire station. A, t- a phone. Yeah, maybe Couldn't an it- indoor that yeah, knock on the door knock and just say if you pass a place of business on your long walk home or so even funny. when you get to her house where she lives with her parents and her brother instead yeah, of just yeah. laying her on the knock, porch knock. swing and then sitting on the porch looking at her shivering 
maybe do a knock knock and maybe her parent you know her parents live there because you frequently break into their home to watch her sleep so like you know that there are other people that live wow, in this house Aaron. sorry sorry spoiler alert <laughs> i'm sorry but like i just felt like the medical attention was lacking oh it was um, and then yeah. when she wakes up in the morning it's another scene where she she sort of she they looked dead to me as she was laying there she uh-huh. looked quite dead i would have i honestly she needed an ambulance and when she gets up and realizes that her dress is torn like the zipper is broken all the way down the front and she has all of these memories coming over her and he just sits there looking at her and then he just gets up and just runs away he doesn't say by the way you weren't raped right i, I stopped them in time so she is left to cry in the shower and be so traumatized that she takes a week off work. Yeah, she has no idea. And I'm sorry, but I have to talk about his mannerisms because he <laughs> doesn't just sit, he doesn't just get up and walk away. He does that not. is ultimately <laughs> what happens. But really, he's like craning his head around and he's like acting like he's really skittish and stuff. And he's like coming mm. around the the pillar and just like like looking at her mm-hmm. like a meerkat. Mm-hmm. And, and like no. Melody, what? like a baboon, like a baboon, he runs Fine. away. He's like very hunched over, and he has kind of these like straight arms where I he know. like starts walking mm. and then like hunches and then runs. Like some Aaron, kind my of text to you last night was that I really think he was raised by a family of ferrets. But the canon is that he was raised by baboons, <laughs> so why don't we just go with that, Mel? It, because it's, it's so changed. <laughs> it's changed. <laughs> Meerkats and ferrets have impeccable posture. How this dare you? Ferrets are like a actually sea. no. Ferrets are shaped like a C. Also, they. I'm sorry. They I'm sorry. You have to be clients. here for a breakup. Um, <laughs> it's supposed to be very is, awkward I, for you. This is a, an unusual hill to die on. Um, <laughs> and don't worry. Um, I personally feel that yeah, the characterization of him was quite animalistic in a lot of ways yeah. that he wasn't speaking. He does sort of have it tilted over. His his walk is very short steps and stumpy. I often, mm-hmm. I wrote down in my notes, how tall is Christian Slater? Like, is, does, is he a very tall man or is he not a very tall yeah. man? It's impossible to know. His physicality in this movie is really intriguing. And I agree that he was made for knitwear, turtleneck. Oh, God, yeah. The jawline jaw that he was given Ooh, um, by the jaw guard. so handsome. Um, Mm, he's gorgeous i for me he has a very canine werewolf look mm-hmm. to him but i've it's Definitely. always really appealed to me like really lupine eyes and sort of a cruel kind of pointy toothed look to him um it all works for me but but i can't forgive him for running away um why why was he more afraid than her like it made mm-hmm. no sense I know, mm-hmm. like let her process a tiny bit at the very least. But yeah, she cries in the shower, takes a week off of work. At one point, she's in a mall and going up an escalator and he does just like grab her hand as he's going down the other escalator. Mm-hmm. And it freaks her out at first because like a stranger is touching her. And then when she sees him, they like make meaningful eye contact with one another. But then he just fucks off again. Like he just disappears into the crowd. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like- the whole point of that scene was just to see the way that the light just probes across his face. That's true. Um, dark to light over mm-hmm. and over. That jawline, those mm-hmm. eyes. I, that I can't see any other reason for that scene. 
No. And I also can't see any reason for him to be in a mall because I know he doesn't understand how commerce works. I know he's not buying things. (laughs) I think that maybe on his days off from the restaurant, he goes to the mall and rides the escalators up and down all day. And grabs people's hands. Oh, yeah. What if it wasn't about her? her He's like, oh, hey. (laughs) Well, we know that he hasn't really had a lot of human touch. So this does track. Um, I think he's he's just out experiencing. He's like, look at me. I'm a human man doing what human men do, going up and down. And again, Marissa Tomei. Her eyes convey it all, like oh, like yeah. the, the disgust of someone touching and mm-hmm. kind of giving her a bit of a lengthy squeeze on the hand to mm-hmm. fear, to realization, to sort of pity, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> to sort of like when you see like a, a dirty little lost child in the mall, yeah. you think, well, where's your mother? Where's That's the kind of the look. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah because that's kind of what it was. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, hey, HBs. I don't know if you've heard, but we have a Patreon. For as little as $5 a month, you get over 150 bonus episodes, most of which include Aaron, videos of regular episodes, author hangouts, and so much more. Do you want to hear Aaron and I recap every single episode of Crash Landing on You? What about a little film called Psycho Stripper? Do you want more recaps of ridiculous Thanksgiving and other holiday books and movies? And how do you feel about Naima Simone and I recapping amazing reality TV? All of that and more is on the Patreon. There's so much content at your fingertips as soon as you sign up. Seriously, hours and hours. Anyway, it's patreon.com forward slash heaving bosoms podcast if you want to check it out. And of course, that link is in the show notes. Keep being a badass. Yeah. So then her next shift, her brother has to drive her to, or like her brother drives her to work basically. And she's like, you have to come get me at two. And he is like, I don't really want to. Aaron, don't worry about it. It's okay. I know. It's just like right now is when the neighbors decided to like do their sewer thing. So there's all these trucks and stuff. I'm really sorry. Don't worry I, about it. I know it. it's going to be a hard edit and I'm sorry you We've, guys have to no, listen to it. It's We've okay. all had what dogs bark. bark I know. Yeah. I'm just, this you know, I'm just sound. anxious. Okay. All right. No I'll stop all making faces then. Um, <laughs> sorry. No, just it's getting, okay. Just, just feel the untamed heart fantasy. Just like surrender <laughs> to it. Mm, that's right. You've got it. Like this is the kind of movie where you have to go all in on it. It's and true. You can't, yeah, you're right. I you need. I can't be have... listening to dogs. You're That's right. right. I need no to be all the way influences. in. Okay. All right. Okay. So when she gets there, she's like, you have to come pick me up. And he does a big complaint about it. But like, that's the, that's the agreement they come to. Mm-hmm. And then whoa, when whoa, she gets whoa, whoa, whoa. there. The brother? Yeah. He's specific. I have a bone to pick with this because Tell he very clearly says, I am not picking you up. I have to be up for school in the morning. Yeah, but then she's like, but if you want the fucking car, like Mm -hmm. if you're making the decision to go out tonight when I Mm -hmm. need the car, then you're going to come and fucking pick me up. But then he doesn't agree. He just zooms off. And so the idea that she waited for him, even though he explicitly said, I'm not coming for you. (laughs) I think he didn't mean to. He just fell asleep in the recliner. Maybe. We'll never know. 
Yeah, maybe that's his bedroom, you know? <laughs> maybe that's just where he sleeps. So I just want to regu- ask a question. Oh, yeah. I, I, I want to ask a question at this point. How old is Caroline? I think she was like early 20s. Yeah. yeah. She lives at think? home. She has no car. I've really questioned it as I was going through the movie. Like, I know how old she looks. She looks mid-20s. But mm-hmm. the fact that she still lives at home and doesn't have a car, it feels quite young to me. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So... We'll just keep an eye on that as we continue on. Well, she's in beauty school too. So I was thinking like she was in her like post high school work Mm -hmm. training with this part-time job. So I was like 20. I was thinking 19 or 20. Yeah. Okay. So some regulars tell her that two of the guys who were in there last or like last week or whatever, the ones who were beating up her machine showed up at the hospital and they were beat to hell. Two guys named Bill with mugs that say Bill. Like, I think that needs to be noted. <laughs> it, the adds to the, it adds to the colorful um, yes. Suzanne yeah. Vega, Tom Steiner feel that the movie is really going for. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And so she's shocked by hearing this and goes and she finds Adam. And they have what is another one of their very strange exchanges. I think it's you would really agree. Cute. She just, mm-hmm. she's like you've been following me home you know where I live Mm -hmm. and then instead of just trying to question that for a moment she then thanks him profusely for saving her and she gives him a kiss on the cheek and he's like shook he's like whoa that was revolutionary (laughs) but she keeps like he keeps trying to say something and then she jumps in because she's trying to fill the silence and he keeps saying I wasn't finished which kind of becomes a, a runner yeah, because he's the slowest talker in the world and she's the fastest talker in the world. Yeah. And it's very cute. But he says like, I followed you and, or like, I follow you. And she was like, you follow me? He's like, I wasn't finished. I follow you at night to make sure that you get home safe. And then he says, I'm sorry. And she goes, you're sorry. The first that you, this is the first time I heard you speak and you're, you're saying sorry for saving me. And he's like, I wasn't finished. No, he's saying sorry for stalking you. <laughs> I'm like, sorry. No, there's two <laughs> things happening not. here. One no, thing is, not one thing is the stalking and one thing Mm-mm. is the saving. And we need to hold both in our hearts. We do. As the, as we the do. movie goes forward. No, it's <laughs> true. Both are happening. No, but he was not apologizing for the stalking. He is fine with that. What he's apologizing for is not getting there in time before like they got a few swings in or whatever. He's like, I I make sure every night that you're safe. And like the one time you get attacked, it took me an extra three minutes to get there. Like I was late. And she's like, oh no, not at all. That's very, it's very sweet and it's very cute. And it shows a really kind of adorable yet awkward dynamic that I really liked actually at this point. Yeah, I agree. I love it. I love that she's messy and that she is kind of hard to watch sometimes the way that she like basically says everything that's in her mind. Yeah. Um, and he's just so unknowable. And I think I related to that as a teenager. You know, you really love the thought that maybe the guy for you is just right under your nose and mm-hmm. he is gorgeous he looks how has anyone not noticed christian slater is the, washing the dishes out the back he's gorgeous i know but in this reality no one's noticed him because he's weird and but if in my reality oh i would have noticed him mm-hmm. and to think that he had been like watching over me in some sort of fairy tale capacity because mm-hmm. uh-huh. it is kind of quite fairy tale isn't it you know that oh yeah he's like the knight in shining armor and he's followed her into the forest park and saved her life it's like it's really um 
it's kind of not it has sort of a magical realism feel to it in a well, weird definitely. way definitely because yeah. he does have a, a baboon's heart that's a huge um, theme in this well. movie <laughs> yeah absolutely and yeah. Thing, like i think that i think that like rosie perez as we'll learn in the next scene we're about to get to her dance moves mm. and stuff Ooh. but like she says she's noticed that he's hot because like yeah, Marissa like, told oh, me, Caroline bad. says, yeah, wh- what do you think of Adam? And she goes, I'd do him if he wasn't so dumb. So it's not, <laughs> I mean, I think she has, like the other waitresses have probably clocked hot, mm-hmm. but they've made assumptions about why he doesn't talk, you know, mm-hmm. that he's creepy, which they're, they are, they are they're correct. Not wrong. He's creepy. But um, that he's like dumb or he's mute or there's some kind right. of like, like a learning disability or something there. You know? And then another one of the waitresses has spread rumors that he's part ape, which mm-hmm. again, not wrong. Not a rumor. If he sued her, he would lose. <laughs> he would. Because yeah. it's true. And then I'd love okay. to see that deleted scene where he tells Lottie that he has right? a baboon heart. Like when did how did she get to talk to him? Yeah. Like I, I, I love it. Is it did he write it on his like incoming like HR form? Like <laughs> <laughs> I Is bet. she the HR lady at Jim's diner <laughs> and he's had to disclose his, that his transplanted baboon heart? Oh my gosh. I mean, there's a lot of questions, um, yeah. but we really need to just get to the cool dancing in the diner. They're closing up and Cindy, uh, Rosie so Perez, cute. is dancing. It's it's cool. It's fun. It's got a great soundtrack to this whole movie. And yeah. she and Caroline end up having this really weird little argument out of nowhere okay it was weird right it was weird okay it was weird it was like she invited caroline over for christmas caroline said "Mm, maybe and then cindy erupts into you've never finished anything in your entire life yeah and i was like that's a non-sequitur rosie perez Mm, (laughs) that's yeah i think it was uh it it felt out of nowhere but maybe we don't know how long this has been simmering Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm mm-hmm their friendship really did seem really like lived in because then they start fighting and then kind of the way they recover from it by just like calling each other a bitch and a slut and a whore and like all these things and then just kind of play fighting each other with towels and stuff Mm -hmm. um it was really really cute and then we see adam without a shirt for the first time yeah we do caroline stumbles across him getting changed out of his entire shirt so he's shirtless we see the cartoon scar again mm-hmm. and he's look like let's just say that like six packs and abs and chest weren't yes. invented in 1993 and that was okay yeah that's just yeah. what guys looked but like back then they I had no expectations it. i liked it it was a normal body apart yeah. from the, the the scar back then i would have been completely wowed i was like Ooh. yeah so, i mean i, I didn't need him to be chiseled he would he looked great yeah he did did have a nice body but that was my first thought too like when we saw him without a shirt on i'm like now he would be jacked like he he would be like chiseled chiseled yeah his heart can't take that kind of um no no audio so it's true um hmm. okay so then when she goes back there she like asks him to a hockey game and then she sort of gentles him as you would a horse I wrote that like, exact same whoa. thing. My notes were she's sort of gentling him like a horse. Like she takes his, like he, oh. she takes his hand and like sort of, sort of like easy now, boy. Like, whoa. Yes, horse girls. I'm gonna unite. go get horse, some tea girls, or unite. something while you guys be horse girls at each other. I don't know if I can, I can participate. 
I just love, she monologues again at him about mm-hmm. something about if the sugar jars are low, then she gets a lot of tips. She doesn't have a lot to work with sometimes in the script, Aww. but she really mm-hmm. gives it her all. And she's he looks, to do he always so looks, much. yeah, he's, she carries this movie. It's her mm-hmm. movie. He doesn't have to really act at all other than look mystified all of right. the time. Right. right. He doesn't really, I mean, Christian Slater is a good actor, but in this one, I think that he, he kind of just dials it in. Mm-hmm. But, but, but we, she has to convince us that she's falling in love with him. Right. And I mean, he is objectively extremely creepy and leering. Like, and, and for her to yeah. kind of carry this love story that is very difficult to accept, like, really <laughs> up until barely close to the end of the movie and like right. make us believe it. I mean, like, very talented. I, she's, yeah. She I think it's the fact that we know from her, that we just know, especially from her crying breakup scene in the truck, that mm-hmm. she's someone that just has a, a huge amount of heart. And that's a theme, obviously, they play with, you know, she has a lot of heart to give. I'll give you my heart, that type mm-hmm. of thing. And we, mm-hmm. we know that she's just got a lot of love and she's just been like a unguided laser, just like it's trying true. to aim it mm-hmm. on the right person. She's mm-hmm. weird and she's intense too. Like, yeah, face it's it. true. Yeah, she yeah. goes from zero to like wife me in about five minutes. So yeah. and and she's so she's so like vulnerable and verbose. Like she doesn't hold anything back ever. Okay, so then the brother doesn't show up and she's about to walk home and she's really freaked out about it. But then she sees him come out of the back and they make this wordless agreement that he is going to walk her home. And then mm-hmm. he does but start. But he does not. What? Oh my God. That does right. not walk her home. He walks her to his subterranean lair. First, yes. he talks about <laughs> meteors for a little bit. And then Suddenly. he's like, I want to show you something, yeah. which is like not what you want to hear. Like he did save her from that other rape, but he's still like real creepy. And like, <laughs> she's like, okay, I how- guess. I just, I keep questioning how does she know at this point that he's not going to try to rape exactly. her? Exactly. Right. I mean, and he he does take her to a, an unexpected door, and you can see that she's thinking, "I I ain't going in there. I'm yeah. not going in there. No one knows where I am." And, and it's a creepy like, basement. And he says, yeah. "This it's okay. This is where I live." And I'm like, yeah. "That's a, that's an additional thing that makes it not okay, sir." <laughs> like, and then it gets even weirder inside. He asks if she wants ice cream multiple times. She's he like, doesn't no. know his dog's name because the dog never told him because <laughs> he is a baboon. He has a weird photo of her that he stole from work and he like folded it so that no one else is in the photo but her and she does find that. Oh yeah, and then she's like, toodaloo, gotta scoot. <laughs> and then she leaves, willing to walk home alone very recently after an attempted sexual assault to mm-hmm. get away from this man. And then he does follow her home at a distance Aaron okay he had to walk his dog I don't know know? about you but I hate it when men follow me at a distance everywhere I go yeah no same (laughs) something I hate I I honestly I felt terrible for Caroline and I feel like I would have felt kind of betrayed that to realize the depth of his stalking and I would have felt lured and I'm sure that she probably ran the whole way home crying. Um, mm-hmm. That's what I would have done. Mm-hmm. Oh, Which certainly. then when we get into the, the following scene for the next day, that's what there is a bit of a disconnect for me. And perhaps you guys feel it too. <laughs> when she wakes up on Christmas day and her dad comes out in his slippers and the Christmas tree is completely destroyed, like They're destroyed like an tree. animal would have, like, a, like, like an animal an has animal. come in and, 
would have like he put it in his mouth and ragdolled it back and forth like really (laughs) that's what it looks like that is a perfect description of what the christmas tree looks like and then it cuts to her room and there is a fully decorated christmas tree set up at the foot of her bed just leaning against just leaning (gasps) creepily so what this man has done is he has broken into her home on christmas eve which you might think rare no no (laughs) No, 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 we find out later it's not. But no. he's broken into her home as he does on a normal Tuesday. But tonight <laughs> was Christmas Eve. So what he did was he took a full-on fucking Christmas tree, Douglas fir, oh, yeah. and took it through her, her front uh, door mm-hmm. up the stairs while she was asleep. Can you imagine a man <laughs> setting up a Christmas tree in your room while you're snoozing? And then he <laughs> ransacked the family Christmas tree to make sure to, they couldn't to, use it to the point where he damaged it. Oh yeah. And took yeah. all of the ornaments and decorated it in her room and then scuttled away into the darkness. <laughs> and she, gets and she wakes up and, and she's, she's happy. Like, and she's like in her underwear, like she's wearing a top and underwear mm-hmm. and gets Doesn't out. She kind looks of so neat. good. Oh my gosh. Um, so good. It's just outrageous. Like uh, truly I mean, she's, she's kneeling underneath the Christmas tree. Anyone that is willing to kneel on camera in their underwear right? is confident and mm-hmm. she looks she, she has reason for it and yeah. she's enchanted she brings her nose up to it she smells it she she's smiling she knows that it was adam because he works he's got he gets at least one free christmas tree a year i'm assuming and that he knows where the, she lives and so that's fine with her like <laughs> she's so enchanted i and it's really edward cullen vibes big time isn't mm-hmm. it like this uh-huh. is yes. twilight before twilight did stephanie mm-hmm. ever watch untamed heart and just internalize that and think you know what watching someone sleep is really really beautiful sexy i'm gonna mm-hmm. borrow that hot stuff um so if that had been me i would have been screaming for my dad to come and uh, someone needs to the call the police mm-hmm. yes no but what does she do instead she bakes some cookies right <gasps> I have a question as to what the, and I know, and I do like that the parents are kind of background noise, like Sally said, but yeah. what did they think Right, transpired? Like, what did she tell them? Like, oh yeah, like oh. I just went last night and got a Christmas tree and like put it in my room and took all your ornaments and put it in it. I'm just like selfish. Like I just love Christmas. Like what a weird thing for the parents to have to like yeah for themselves oh my god i mean that's just details and for a teenager you don't care what your parents think i didn't think it bothered me in the 90s i was like you know what just tell them shut up mom shut up dad and slam your door (laughs) and then (laughs) i don't think it bothered caroline but being an older person now i I feel more for the parents of like like, what is happening in my home other humans who inhabit this house (laughs) (laughs) all right so she makes these cookies and brings them to him on the day after Christmas. And it's and... raining cats and dogs. Yes. And he does not invite her in. She has to ask to come in, even though it's raining down on her. Not before he first eats one of her cookies, <clears throat> making full eye contact with her like a total creep. Mm-hmm. Asks again if she wants ice cream, then feeds her cookies to his dog while she's standing there <laughs> watching him. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like it's really hurtful, isn't it, to have yes. some, to have someone take one bite of a biscuit, make and then a weird give it face, to their dog. Yeah, um, you made a weird says, face. Oh, they too. they are a little bit sugary, I guess. And he's not like, oh no, they're good. He just he just looks at her, the dog. mystified. And then she's like, he he's so awkward and silent. 
and feeding her cookies to his dog. So she's like, is this a bad time? Should I go? And he's like, what? No. And so she lightning fast. She's like, okay. And takes off her coat and like <laughs> plops down onto a seat. She's like, OMG. He invited me to stay. I live here now. Love being in this lair. <laughs> <laughs> and she's, it's like the, it plays out as the worst date that you've ever been on. Where yes. like he has like never asked her anything about herself at all. Because he just he knows it all and already. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but like that's why he's been going through the trash. That's true. Yes. Like, and she's but she's honestly very enchanted by his strangeness. She's mm-hmm. like really selling this scene that she's really seduced. You know, he says her name for the first time, and she's like, "I never heard you say my name before." Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, like, wow. not even at Sally. work, like, like not even like here, Caroline. Ooh, don't trip over that, Caroline. Or I know, right? They work think together. He's ever said a word at work until that thank you when she was walking away from his. Like, I don't think he's ever said a word within earshot of. Which her. is hilarious because then the the second through fourth words he said was, "I follow you," mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. yeah. So then he just starts to, he has his turn at last for a monologue where he tells us the exact same story that we already know from the the prologue at the beginning, which I feel like it really took away from the impact of finding out that this young man believes wholeheartedly that he has a baboon king's heart. I feel like if they hadn't have shown that in the beginning, Mm -hmm. I feel like his scene would have been more bonkers and more um mm-hmm. frightening yes. and weird and cool but we actually already know that and if i had written that as a book the editor would have crossed out one of those scenes right right <laughs> right completely mm-hmm. yeah he also and, but he also has the records. records though yeah yeah would you like uh, to see my records is a very normal 90s line it that is. i kind of was like okay we're, we're getting there and then it's like they're old and they're magic and they stop the rain and then like they're creepy they're like that moulin rouge song like the, it, for a moment for a glimmering moment he was like you want to check out my records and then it got then it turned like I'm magic, like you know <laughs> anyway um, so she's like she's like so uh, you believe that huh and he's like yeah but immediately after she tells that story and it clips to her face like the the records thing and the baboon heart situation mm. she's she's into it like oh yeah she's wet like she, no, she I know. enjoyed this encounter <laughs> even though she's kind of like so like this is something you like say out loud to people like yeah. even though she doesn't believe him. She's like, this is, this is a hot guy. I think this is my destiny is what she's <laughs> thinking. And then she's like, oh, it stopped raining. He's like, yeah, I put on the records. What do you, <laughs> of course it did. Yeah. Yes, it did. And then she just decides that like, she wants to get her hands on him. And what's mm-hmm. a fairly innocent way to get your hands on someone <gasps> and gentle them slowly. Someone maybe that's mm. always covered in sap and <laughs> And you're in beauty school. Yeah. Would you like me to cut your hair? <sighs> and then he's like, he blinks for a little bit. And then we cut, they're going to her house because that's where she keeps her scissors. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <True>. <laughs> and her special clips. She had a bunch of clips on his towel too. Yeah. So she washes yeah. his hair in the sink and he says, ouch. And she says, I'm sorry, that's too hot. And then she sits him down <laughs> he was enjoying it too like he had a little kind of like cat-like sort of smile to his oh yeah Mm -hmm. and he was laying there feeling 
you know, she's sort of dangling her breast like directly over his face as, as, as he's washing his hair. And there's some dishes in the sink, I think. It's really chaotic <laughs> and messy and I love it. It's I like do exactly how like a teenager would wash a, another teenager's hair in the sink. Completely. I know he's supposed to be 26, but I've decided in my mind that these guys are 18. This mm-hmm. whole thing feels like a new adult novel from like, I don't know, 10 or 15 years ago or some fan fiction. Yeah. In that like, you know, like the other character, like the parents, you know, are just a cardboard cutout and there's lots of creeping into windows. It, it really hits that spot for me that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, I mean, like she's got her hands on him at last, like, and he, he's, he's coping with it. I mean, it's probably his first human touch other than squeezing her hand. So. And that's what he tells her. He's like, mm. he tells her that because he was, he grew up sickly, he wasn't allowed around other kids or people. And because they were afraid of like infection or whatever. But I do love his baboon heart would become infected. Yeah. But I do really wonder if like Mother Camilla just imprinted on him and decided that he was hers, you know? Mm. Like there Mm -hmm. was a little bit of that that I got in the beginning. Anyway. I mean, well, this is essentially him telling her that he's a virgin. Like, Mm -hmm. like that's the strong inference that I get, which makes the next action that he does um kind of surprised me just babbling about how you know i'm always looking for love and you're and you're always staying away from love and he just looks up at her with almost like no no emotion in the eyes whatsoever and just raises his hand up i think it was the hand that wasn't bandaged and he just puts his hand on her breast he like, just does a honk pause it like it's kind of more of like a like a cat pawing <laughs> at her boob in a way and again, i have to say like i really wet. saw this coming the whole time she was washing his hair he was like trying to look at her face but he was like he was really <laughs> focusing on that boob and like the whole time she was cutting his hair he was like i noted i i wrote several notes that were like he won't stop looking at that right boob like what is his fucking deal this guy is so fucking creepy so when he reached up to try to be like on it i i that like i was like yeah that's the natural next step is it i mean yes i hear what you're saying and i think it is valid but it still knocked me out of my chair that was jarring yeah like i was just like the honk you just go to honk it first and her response is come upstairs with me yes immediate no other words are spoken nothing come with me come with me she takes him upstairs it's very jenny and he's still got the like, towel it's very around forest it, gump. It, like, oh you're right yes it is very forest gump oh mm-hmm. my gosh that is perfect yeah yeah it's like she's unlike forest forest got the job done christian <laughs> slater just starts sobbing into her bare tits yeah yeah no, yeah sorry. i mean <laughs> it's it's like he's got the towel around his shoulders his hair's wet and they have one kiss and then she just takes off her top like and, and then sits the, on the bed the scene starts to change for me where i start to think because he's starting to panic yeah mm-hmm. and it's and he's finally acting for the first time in this movie i think where he's got his big ballooning oversized 90s like brown pants with the brown belt yes and, mm. and she does he take his his top off i can't remember i think but, she takes his yeah i think she off. strips it off of him and then she takes the bra off and he looks like he's about to start screaming. Like, oh, yeah. And it doesn't, starts to feel kind of like, is he consenting to this or is he like frozen in panic? Mm-hmm. We get our answer when he bursts into tears and she rocks him like a baby. Um, and so she, she loves says, him and she's going to give him she her says, heart. Are you crying? 
Yeah. Oh yeah. She says, I'm going to fall in love with you. You don't have to fall in love with me back. I'm going to give you my heart as he just sobs. He just covers her tits in tears. (laughs) I I just want to read you my, um, my thought process slash notes were yes. All caps exclamation point. Finally, it's going to bang this movie. Bang. Dot, dot, not. No, it doesn't. Oh, no, he can't handle it. And he's sobbing. And then I wrote the, the verbatim quote, which imagine being Miss Marissa Tomei and seeing this in the script. Are you crying? Oh, okay, you are. I'm in love with you. You don't have to love me back. I'm going to give you my heart. Like, that's a, that's a stiff that's a line to have to, like, yeah, have to get out. And she did it really well. She did it perfectly. Um, and then she didn't cut his hair, which no. like I was really mm-hmm. pumped for the makeover. Like I was really psyched I, for the haircut. Absolutely. I thought that she was going to maybe go into her dad's wardrobe and <gasps> find like a new pair of slacks. Yeah. And oh suddenly gosh. he's, but you know what? He, his hair is clean. It's bouncy. He jumps over the <laughs> railing true. with a smile and looks up at her and he appears like, He's like lighter from having a cry and having his hair washed. And I honestly relate so much I mean, to it. I mean, right? Mm-hmm. Like that is very relatable. And I mean, don't discount touching boobs for the first time. Like honestly. I think that's part of the lightness in his step. Like yeah. even though it turned into traumatizing there at the end, you know, I, I No, he got a good nuzzle in there. Yeah. And then the relatability just continues when she invites him over for her New Year's Eve party and he spends the entire night sitting out the front patting a cat instead of coming inside. I, I relate. I mean, what was she thinking? I would never have invited like this weird guy to my family's house for a family New Year's Eve party. But yeah, yeah like she he's there every night. I mean, well, no, but a, a person who's like obviously uncomfortable around people singular, let alone raucous crowds. And so, mm. and when she's say, telling him, she's like, you can come to my New Year's Eve party. You don't have to come to with, as my boyfriend or anything, although I'd like it if you would. And mm. he's like, yeah, I'll come there to that. And she's like, mm. And then he does sit outside for two hours in the Minnesota winter, hungrily petting a cat that he's considerably devouring like a baboon. (laughs) I listen, this was full on irony for me, for a guy who breaks and enters into this home Mm -hmm. every evening, (laughs) didn't feel confident enough to knock on their door. He knows like, the layout. <laughs> yeah, you you know the floor plan. You know how to shimmy into that garage wi- or the the basement window, like the yep. the small the two foot Jean Benet window. You can shimmy yeah. into every night and then creep up their stairs. Christian, you can't knock on their front door, bro. I like, know you've destructed property in there. Like <laughs> he's probably watched her parents sleep. Like, oh no! Oh my god, you're probably right. Already knows them. Like he probably can pick them out of the room. Oh my god, you're like, right. But look, who hasn't wanted to sit out there in the dark and just oh yeah, hang out with the pet? Oh, totally. Should have run away again. I realized in this scene he has a slight mono brow, but I'm still there for it because in the '90s you didn't have to have gray eyebrows, especially if you're a guy. And then they have this kiss on the 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 porch swing. I like that she kind of accepts, like she's just like, oh, you're sitting out here. Oh, you. Like she accepts that he's. Yeah, like he's an odd bod and and she goes with it. I like that about her. Yeah, and then me they too. Have this kiss. It's really awkward and it's really cute. 
I, I have a question for you guys. Uh, I asked myself several times throughout the movie, is Christian Slater a good kisser or not? What are your thoughts? I thought Throws it was a good one. kiss. Yeah. I thought it was, I thought it started weird because it strikes midnight and she's like, you can kiss me if you want. And then he sort of like turns around because he's staring at her family in a way that also makes me think he wants to devour them. <laughs> and he turns his head back to her and they start kissing. And then it turns into a real good kiss. Like he camps his head in a direction that looked real good. I was into it. I think his kiss acting is good because it starts the first like two or three kisses they have he's very like doesn't yeah. understand it this is the first i think good one and then by the time they're at the hockey game at the end I oh mean, yeah it, yeah he's so only well. is, he's got so it down a, <laughs> a good point to ask that um in my research extensive research this <laughs> movie won the 1993 mtv movie award for best kiss but I honestly couldn't tell you which kiss was supposed to have been the great kiss. Oh, we need to get Bear in mind that the first award was awarded the year before. The first ever MTV movie award kiss was for Anna Chlomsky in My Girl kissing Macaulay Culkin. What? They had an actual what? child come up on the stage at the <gasps> MTV movie awards and accept her award. It was no. so inappropriate. And um, maybe we'll link for people that you can actually see Marissa Tomei and Christian Slater accepting their award. There's a short clip on YouTube where they want to be anywhere but there. They are embarrassed. They're mortified. This is beneath them. Marissa wow. horrible. Um, all shades of awkward. But yeah. So it's I, not like the notebook actors where they reenacted the Kuju kiss? <laughs> no, they both waved to their, their, their partners in the crowd and were like, <laughs> uh, yeah that is kind of yeah. weird not as bad as um giving the award to children but yeah and so that award opened up first with children and then second with bestiality wow considering wow <laughs> mtv okay great <laughs> choices okay so actually i have a note here then they have a normal good makeout so oh, i definitely nice. thought that this was the first good normal kiss yeah okay but next we have ice skating <gasps> mm. She's um, ice skating with Rosie Perez. Rosie and Perez Rosie smoking Perez. while ice skating was really iconic. iconic. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and she was wearing one of those in the 90s. Like we loved these like big velvet kind of bucket hat that had the brim folded yes. up all the way around. So she was wearing like a really on-trend hat in that scene. The whole costuming I think was great in this movie. Like everybody just wore normal clothes. Nobody looked like they'd, you know, been provided with the wardrobe put it that way mm -hmm. they look like they're wearing their own clothes yeah and mm -hmm. i really liked the the set design for the houses as well like it, yeah. it really just seemed like a working class suburban or not suburban but like urban suburban kind of home mm. it, yeah i, really I agree really cluttered and a normal yeah. house not a set i think even the diner looked real um oh yeah yeah, yeah. and then so, caroline con confesses that she's dating adam as they skate around. Yeah, because Rosie Sydney Perez says, why? <laughs> <laughs> why? Why? Yeah. Why yeah. is such a good comeback to that? But it's because Cindy's trying to guilt Caroline into going on a double date with her and her boyfriend and her boyfriend's friend. Right. And she's like, I'm yeah. seeing someone. And Rosie Perez is like, what? <laughs> it's a great response, really, isn't it? And mm -hmm. the way Caroline explains it, and to us as the audience, Cindy is really like us, the audience, like, what, why, like, like fill in the blank for me here. And Caroline mm -hmm. just explains it 
I don't make sense. He doesn't make sense. Together, we make sense. And we're supposed to just go, okay, yep, I accept that. I actually, (laughs) I'm sorry I bought it. I was like, huh. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Let's do it. (laughs) She also says, I was nearly raped this night. He saved me from this rape. Like, she kind of tells her the whole thing. She hasn't even told Rosie Prez about that. And, you know, it's like, he saved me. Then she's like, and he's an orphan, which right. we've talked about on Not the show, orphans. the sexiness of orphans and mm-hmm. how they appeal to women. Um, adult <laughs> yeah. orphans are very appealing. Rosie, Rosie Perez even has the line, like something like, I never met a real orphan before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. and, and she, she's like, she's like, mm, okay, maybe I'm seeing the appeal here. <laughs> right. And then Marissa says something like, he's like a kid, but it's nice. And he thinks he's got a baboon heart. These are the sort of things you really debate telling your friend about when you're ice skating. You're like, not if you're Caroline. No, no, she can't. Caroline's she really, just like normal stuff no over here. No filter. <laughs> and then after she's explained in the fairly emotional scene that she was attacked yeah. and that was why she took off work, Cindy then continues to pressure her into joining on this double date, which for me was incredibly poor timing. Um, oh, yes. And. Poor, poor script writing. She did her best with what she had, but mm-hmm. um, when yeah. we get when we cut to the um, nightclub scene, which I assume that they only did because they really didn't want another scene in the diner. Maybe they wanted a little bit of color and music and yeah. outfits. And we see that she's not getting along with her date because now she's really lost her heart. She doesn't want an ordinary man that will talk about himself and his background. No, but his father does yeah. for a living. I kind of thought it was the nightclub scene of like. This is a young woman in a big city who should be out at nightclubs and doing these kind of like fun things. And and she's never going to be able to do these things with Adam because he's deeply weird. Um, (laughs) And so like kind of showing the juxtaposition of like, this is a fun thing. She should want to do this. She should want to hang out with her friends. But then she she's not happy there because she wants to be in his subterranean lair Mm -hmm. with him listening to his dusty records from Moulin Rouge. If yeah. I had been her, I would have been happy to watch Rosie Perez dancing all night. I would oh have my gosh. leaned on that railing and she <laughs> was tearing it up. She uh, was grabbing the bottom of her dress and kind of dragging it up her own thighs and things uh-huh. like that. And wearing this red dress, hot stuff. The guy she, she was so with cool. was keeping up as best he could on the dance floor. Oh my gosh. Um, 90s moves for days. I loved it. Um, it was so good. And it was so good. But then they go back to the diner because... I mean, there's nowhere else to go, apparently, like, than to where you work. Why do you have to be there? I don't know. Was, like, Rosie Perez trying... I kind of struggled with this. Like, was she trying to take her to the diner as, like, a move to try to get her to not be with Adam anymore? I thought she was trying to rub it in Adam's face a bit. Like, oh, just tell him, just tell him that, you know, you're here with friends, hoping that he would get insecure and break up with her because she doesn't... I love it. It's not a great friendship move. No. No. So anyway, while she's there, she's looking for Adam and she can't find him because he's taking out the trash and then getting stabbed. I know. I yes. was shocked. I've seen this movie so many times, but the stabbing still shocked me. I was a I, wow. It was Stanford extreme. came back. Okay. Stanford mm-hmm. and that other tall guy and they beat him up and then stab him in the stomach. He has an abdominal wound now and he pulls it out. And I was just, Ugh, like, I was bing, just bing, 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 bird, sitting there. Bird, bird click, Stop bird pulling click. out don't, knives. I don't, why does this always happen in all of the romance movies? Do if it. somebody stabs you in the torso, do not pull that knife out. No. I just, 
we're saving lives here on this podcast. Don't pull knives out. Yeah. But you know what gets me is when someone pulls the hand cannula out in the hospital when they want to leave. Oh, that, yeah. That just, I feel it. That right happens down in, in this my, movie too. Yeah, I know. It's just, th- these are also some trigger warnings, I guess. <laughs> moments like that, close your eyes. And it's yeah, a no. intense oh. scene. Like when he's being wheeled into the ambulance, did you notice that the soundtrack was his shaky breathing? Yeah. It was, yes. it was kind of quite, um, and, and Caroline hops into the ambulance like she's his wife. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was Because she is. She is. In her mind, she is. And then the doctor tells her again, like she's his next of kin, that it's not the knife wound we're worried about. It's his heart. It's his baboon heart. It, well, he, he has a say baboon heart. heart. No, he says, it's his heart. It's not the normal heart of a 26-year-old man. Now, I love that the viewer can read into that what they will. I but mean, they couldn't... surely, if it... If, there had been additional surely the doctor could not have resisted to have added they couldn't get at it though he said that he like attacked them every time that he they tried to get yeah to the heart oh but yeah like the doctor was like we tried to get a look-see at that heart because we were thinking it was less than human um no but... they didn't say no they didn't say less than human you are you're embellishing yeah all we know is that it's not a normal heart of a 26 year old man and we know that he has a congenital defect right and it's been left untreated for far too long now i think that we can agree that he hasn't mentioned a baboon heart at this point but as aaron said it took five people to hold him down to even try to get a a little bit of a better idea i know that that was you know the inference was that he was strong and he could live a good long while Um, right so that did cheer up caroline significantly and then she went to the police station and did a lineup and picked out the, the two attackers. Yes. That was satisfying, wasn't it? It really was. And the I way she'd that... done that herself, like of her own volition rather than as a result of something that happened to Adam. But I know. Is it I like mean, she I doesn't think... think she's worth it? Like, yeah, I think that's a pretty good commentary because when she's talking to Adam, she says, like, I guess I can trust you not to say anything. Um, mm. because it's an embarrassing thing for a girl. And I was like, no, it's not, not mm. at all. You're just a victim. Like that's not embarrassing for you. Yeah. But yeah. It shows how far we've come 1993. Mm-hmm. Most um, definitely. Yeah. I think I'm glad that she went to the police station long overdue. She goes home and lies and, and stares at the ceiling. And then Adam wakes up and tears out his <gasps> cannula. That moment and when he just like <laughs> rips out his IV was like, so, oh, I hate it when they rip out IVs. And Me too. It's so gross. Me too. I Me too. It's just horrendous. I almost had to turn it off at that point. Hey, HBs. I started an Etsy store. Did you know? Right now, it's full of all the St. Vincent items you need. Because St. Vincent is thoughtful and cozy all year round. We've got a book sleeve to keep your books, planners, e-readers, or really anything else safe when you're on the go. The inside is fuzzy and they feel so incredibly lush in your hands. I went round and round with the manufacturers to make sure I had just the right thickness. Those feature Art of St. Vincent and Evie during their carriage adventure that was painted by the amazing Mayara Faraz on one side, and then I created a St. Vincent Would Always wreath on the other side that has a bunch of little Easter egg items in it. 
There's a St. Vincent Wood Always warm brick enamel pin. It's like, you know, if you know, you know. I designed a special edition marriage of convenience candle that is specific to Devil in Winter with the help of HB Jen at Post Pouring Company. It combines dark amber for St. Vincent and rosewood for Evie. And it smells so delicious. It's hard to even wrap my brain around. So if you want to treat yourself or be the St. Vincent you want to see in the world by getting a care package for a friend, check out our Etsy store. The link is in the show notes. So then he just like staggers up to her at her. No, no, yeah. Caroline's doing Wait. her beauty school. Right. Again. We can't she, skip this. She should have, she should have canceled. Like, come on. Yeah. Let this be a warning to anyone that is overtired and has like had a really traumatic experience. If you have a beauty exam the next yeah. morning, I beg of you, like, just cancel it. You got to cancel it. That's but such that specific advice, but it will probably dick. help more people than will get stabbed. That yeah. Listen to our podcast. It's true. <laughs> yeah. But the lady she was working on was also Yeah, that a lady dick. was nuts. Yeah, like, she, she, for a free haircut, she expected a lot. Mm-hmm. She only wanted a trim, which she mentioned 10 times. Yeah. Yes. Only a trim. Caroline is at the end of her rope mm-hmm. up there trying to trim off this lady's already incredibly short hair she's like it's too cold for short hair and i was like ma'am you came in here with very short hair what are you doing (laughs) don't cut off a lot just to impress your boss (laughs) and then caroline then absolutely blows up on her and calls her a fat cow she does do that that's rough yeah it's rough and it was uncalled for I mean, she'll she'll never cut it as a hairdresser if this Mm-mm. is what breaks her, really. Totally. Yeah. Totally. But and now then, she's then you're right. Adam's Adam's back at her house. He's trying to get a yeah. ride to the hospital. And then he's like there, like staggering up to her door, like all beaten and bloodied, and like you know, probably not super healed from his nearly deadly stab wound. Oh, yeah. Um, and he has brought her flowers. Then she brings up the transplant and he gets like really mad yeah. because he doesn't want anyone taking his baboon heart away because it's part of his identity. And he says, plus, if they take it away, I don't know if I'll be able to love you the same. Ugh, it's such a line. And he's it's such and a she's line. so impacted by it. And we all would have been. I mean, I mean she was blown away. She was just blown away from the flowers that he'd had in his coat. Like that was enough that she was going to write in her diary about that that night. But that line and, you know, I was wondering if you think about me half as much as I think about you. (laughs) And there was actually a pretty good kiss out there as well. Mm -hmm. And this is where he fully reveals the extent of the stalking that he knows how to get in through the the door into the basement door. And he comes and watches her because she's so peaceful. And it's like such Edward Cullen vibes. Vibes, vibes, vibes. Vibes, It's very like, because he says, like you just said, Sally, like, do you, do you think about me as much as I think about you? And she's like, yeah, I think about you like all the fucking time. And he's like, no, you don't understand. I do break into your home every night and watch you sleep. And then she's like, oh, okay, well maybe not. Maybe you do think about me more. (laughs) And then he says that he has disturbing dreams about the jungle and surviving in the jungle from Mm. his baboon heart. And like, yeah, watch her sleep to calm him down. 
he starts this whole thing by saying like i have to tell you something and it might make you mad and then it has zero impact on her what's she's like really how do Mm -hmm. i look when i sleep like i know what only someone that looks like marissa tomei who probably looks hot as fuck even like in a like a tank top and undies and no makeup and she would have like been like laying there with her like her thigh like hitched up like oh, yeah. on a pillow or something completely like, she she was fine with that but for me as an adult I recognize this is not right this is inappropriate <laughs> this is frightening um the dad needs mm-hmm. to go and fix out that fix up the door on on yes. the porch and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean like this is just this is so classic like new adult young adult or completely. like fan fiction it's like he's such a blank canvas that and as a as a teenager in the 90s guys were like this they were like greasy loners who you could project anything that you wanted onto them uh-huh. <laughs> you didn't know if they thought about you ever or if they loved you or if they hated you and i mean this character for me was was that blank canvas you know and you yep. could you could color in behind uh, all around and mm-hmm. imagine this incredibly lonely life and i am the one that can break in and teach him how to oh. be a, be a human again like mm-hmm. that was romantic for me back then not I mean so it, it was romantic I mean, for me last night I feel like building a man from the ground up is still kind of romantic pretty for romantic you. like I don't want to like call you on it but it seems like the book you just wrote yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to I don't mean to say true things but it seems like I know like yeah this is true because I think every editor received a submission from their authors throughout this pandemic that was basically really off the rails Um, and they've all had to make do and roll with it because all of the books are weird. And yes, I did write a book about like a girl who makes her dream man from scratch. So excited for it. Literally, literally picking out the parts. And so like, I feel that Untamed Heart is a way to get to know me better. Don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> I just, I love it. And then this scene that we're watching in the movie, it just segues into him sleeping pe- peacefully in his bed at home. And they've clearly done the deed. Yeah. Did they're, say, or did he just cry some more? They're doing a snuggle. I know she looked like a I woman they, who had I had a they, recent they, orgasm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. She was uh, she was doing okay his, over there. With these like sappy dishwasher hands. Like <laughs> no, I think I think he just starfished and she rode him. I oh, think that's yeah. what it was. Mm-hmm. That's uh, definitely and he he definitely would have cried at some point. I know that he would have. It was too big of a leap to to make. Yeah. Kissing on the porch. I think he would have been overwhelmed. But he looked great for someone that had just been in the hospital for being beaten almost to death and stabbed. I, I was worried about the stab wound. Is he Me okay? Too. Like, Mm-hmm. I don't think he should have done that, but she saw. Well, and I, honestly, I was also worried about his heart. Yeah, the whole everything. Yeah, that's like why he, he's, about the he whole definitely thing. just laid there. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. And, and then we just go into a happiness montage. Oh my gosh, she's really teaching him. <sighs> like, she's making him into a real boy. Yes, <laughs> she <They're> is. Doing it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a dating montage where they're doing normal stuff like he's showing her the orphanage where he was never touched and he's whittling tiny birds like you do um, <laughs> they go and Car- Car- 
Caroline finally sorts out her transportation issue and I was actually really proud of her when she Me bought too. a car. Uh-huh, yeah. And they took the cute photo of her holding the keys up. And then he goes to, he actually attends the poker night and she sits on his lap and like makes out with him like in like front of everyone, which I felt was really socially inappropriate. And helps they him walk- cheat. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Good then they stuff. walk the dog. That dog really needed to be trained better. But he like he guys. like drops the leash too. Listen, <laughs> here's the thing: it seems like a montage of normal dating stuff, but it only <laughs> seems that way because we've been dealing with such <laughs> weird dating stuff for the last hour and a half. So like when it gets to here, you're like, oh, finally it's normal. But every single thing they do is deeply weird. And if it would have been in a normal movie, you'd be like, huh? What are they doing? <laughs> They're cheating at poker at her workplace and then I making out it. in front of all her coworkers. Oh my gosh. You know, but then it's Adam's birthday. It's Adam's yes. birthday, but he's prepared a present for her that's wrapped on his table. Mm-hmm. Uh, she gives him a scarf, and then she's wrapped a bow around herself, like she's the present too. And I thought that mm-hmm. was cute. It's very well, it's cute, but really I expected cute. them to bang then. Yeah, me too. But I, if instead... you put a bow on yourself, you better be ready to throw down right there. That's yeah. how I feel. Like. Yes. And it's like, oh, we've got tickets to a hockey game. And it's like, <laughs> don't put you... a bow on your tits, you know? Bow, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Would like to unwrap. <laughs> so she takes them but... to a hockey game. And this is like her favorite thing. And it's been sort of dropped throughout the movie. She fucking loves hockey. So it's not his favorite thing. That was so weird. I thought, well, at the very beginning, she did ask him if he wanted to go to a hockey game and he said, yes. Yeah. But also what is his favorite thing, Aaron? What would they do? (laughs) Okay. They would walk around at night and he would suddenly get really overexcited and animated and tell her more about stars. And Mars. Mars. He corrected her. Like she was wishing on a star and he corrected her and said that that was Mars. And I'm thinking, how does he know which one she was wishing on? Like, I know. He's, true. he's got it. He feels he has a lot of knowledge in that one specific area. Mm-hmm. And oh my gosh, for me, it was so cringeworthy when she was leading him into the hockey stadium and he had the scarf tied around his face. Oh, oh he yeah. died. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. so bad. How embarrassing. <laughs> I mean, why, did she, why did she have to do that? Like, why I feel like t- if she someone. could take it off in the parking lot. Like, yeah. Yeah. And like, he's already a frightened man that needs a lot of gentling. I think that leading him into this blindfolded was a terrible idea. And then we have the scene like, and it's got this sort of like 90s kind of like sort of upbeat, like walking in Memphis kind of bright, yeah. sparkling piano score over the top mm-hmm. where we're, fi- we're finally happy. And then yeah, the greatest- That's how you know it's going to end in moment, tragedy. And we're doing normal stuff. Movement, like the, the the slow motion, we go into slow motion and we know that something big is coming. Uh-huh. It's the first time slow motion has been employed in this whole movie. And what is it? What's coming? Just that hockey puck. That hockey puck does come barreling Don't... at them at 97 yeah, miles an hour. This is the other safety minimum. tip I'm going to give. Don't pull knives out of your stomach and yeah. also don't try to catch a hockey puck if Don't it's coming at you. Hand. That is not, that is not a, it's not like baseballs. They have actually like safety things so that the, these don't come at you. Please don't. That would have shattered every bone in his hand. <laughs> right? Like it would have had to, you know? <laughs> I took a puck like right below the clavicle one time. And honestly, it's like the worst. I've broken bones that hurt less than this. Like it was, <laughs> I thought I was going to die. I thought my heart stopped. And I guess it could. I mean, if you're hit yeah. really hard in the chest, that can happen. I thought I was going to die. Do you think that maybe this the kiss that happens now is the kiss that won them the award? Because 
they just become overcome by the the excitement of catching this puck. They kiss a lot. He licks her on the neck. Uh, They did have a good kiss just before they left for the hockey as well. And she kind of, you see a bit of tongue and I'm like, Oh, like now we're getting somewhere. Like, yeah. What else is she going to teach him? Like, loved it. um, I still, I couldn't tell if it was, if he was a good kisser. I just, I can't get a read on him. And it was a weird moment to like passionately make out in front of everyone. But I think he's hands down a good kisser. It's just the moments are weird. I, I was very into the last three kisses. Same. Same. Okay, Um, good. Yeah, I was very from, into from it. porch swing from like when he was like alfing outside with that cat, like preparing <laughs> to eat it. On I, I I really enjoyed all the kissing. Oh, okay, gosh, so now we're driving it. home, and, and Mel had already told me that this movie ends sad. So we're driving home. We just had this high point, and I'm like, okay, this is it. This is when we city of angels. Like this is the time when like they're in the car accident or whatever. And neither of them are wearing seatbelts because it's neither. 1993. Yeah, it was just. I was at like the height of like something terrible and they kept looking at each other instead yeah. of looking at the road. And I'm like, stop fucking Same look here. at the road. Wear a seatbelt. I, yep. I, I was yeah. certain they were going to get in a horrific car accident. But and everything about- just starts to feel like you feel like you feel it coming mm-hmm. when like she sort of says, good game, huh? And mm-hmm. he's like, good game. What they really mean was, was it a good life? Yeah. yeah, it was a good life. I'm happy now. Yeah, you know, like he says it, that like he's the he's the happiest he's ever been, or or maybe that's the maybe that's later. But I think they like they're like making plans for the future in the car, and she's mm-hmm. like, "Oh yeah, I'll bring you all to all the games." I'm I'm so glad that you loved it as much as I do, mm-hmm. and and then he falls asleep in in his seat, and so she drives all the way home, and everything's fine. But then she does pull up outside of his subterranean lair and he won't wake up. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Like the range that she shows in this moment where oh she gosh. just goes from sort of like, wake up, silly, you know, come on, baby, baby, come on, you've got to wake up. And then she starts to get annoyed. Like, is he like easing me? Is this a joke? Right. And then it just starts to dawn and everything just drains out of her. And it's incredible acting. Yeah, um, and he's died. Yeah, like, and she screamed, crying in the car. Incidentally, she's never looked more gorgeous than in this mm-hmm. scene. Her hair True. looked amazing. True, but it was just like that was the moment too where I really felt like I, I keep saying it, but it, it's so much like a new adult novel. Like that, you know, it's the first time we've seen her driving a car or looking like a big grown-up girl, and she just had this really great date, and then it's all come crashing down in this yeah. horrific tragedy so i was crying on my couch like mm. really truly yeah. like sobbing on my couch and my husband was like playing video games next to me and he was like what what's going on what's going on over there and so i'm like trying to tell him about it and then my 6 year old or my almost 6 year old was awake and so he comes down and he's like what's what's wrong with mom? And Michael went to put him back up into bed and he was like, oh, mama just watched something sad or whatever. And then, and then Ember looks at Michael and he goes, she watched something sad? Why did you trick her? (laughs) (laughs) Nothing to do with this. It was Sally Thorne that tricked her. (laughs) It was so funny, but he like, it's so funny to me that my five-year-old is like, 
she doesn't she only watches happy endings like who who did this to her i apologize child no no it's fine i was fine and i think it's because it's the only way this could have ended because if you take as true that the baboon king did give him his heart which you do which i do which and i will die on that hill Mm -hmm. um if you take that as true, then I think we've got like a progression of like at the beginning of the movie, he's like hunched over. He's very animalistic. He doesn't know how to talk. He doesn't know how to love. He's like all of these things that are kind of like the baboon things. Mm-hmm. And then throughout the movie, he like kind of learns how to be a man and like love and like walk upright and like have yeah. understand mm-hmm. like social settings and stuff like that. And like, I think the baboon heart just like kind of couldn't handle it. Take that. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think that he had to, he had to go. He had to have this experience and then he had to, he had to go. Okay, I'm happy. Also... Like, that's lovely. Like, yeah, we yeah. know that for sure. Like, that's the most that he could hope for, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he to was die so happy. happy. Yeah. And one of my favorite things, as far as Caroline is concerned, is that, like, we watch the funeral. Um, she goes home oh, and she that's, opens that sad fucking dog. Oh that my fucking God. That sad dog. dog. She Fuck seems to have inherited the dog, like, oh. the brother was holding its leash. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Hope it gets a name and some training. But she goes back to she goes back to his house and sees the present that he got her for his birthday. She opens it up and it's all of his records. And so he was oh. like, he said, I'm giving you my records because I only need them when I'm sad and like it's raining in my life. And I've never been happier. And so I want you to have them so that they can protect you. And like, she's, she's like happy crying. And she says to right before this, she said to Cindy, I was really good at loving him. It's the first thing she's ever been good at. It's the first thing she didn't quit at. Oh yeah. Which like, 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 let's be honest. All of us would have quit at some point with this man. I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. most of us would have never started. Um, so like, she is right. Like she quit beauty school. She quit high school, you know, like all these things that like Cindy was listing off that she couldn't complete. And man, she had more stick to itness with this <laughs> dude than anyone in the world would have because they're, you know. Faded I mean, mates. but I feel like I don't know. I don't know that they're faded mates. I feel like he was a path to her sort of discovering her own worth, you know, because she kept on mm. throwing herself at guy after guy after guy. And I feel like now she knows what she thinks is a healthy, fulfilling relationship. And I feel like she grew a lot mm-hmm. through her weird relationship with this man. I don't know. I feel like as a teenager, I was fine with the ending because you don't really expect your first boyfriend to like be your husband, you know, like Mm -hmm. it was okay that she's had this one great love, this great experience. She can feel good about that. She brought some color into his life at the end of his life. You know, he Mm -hmm. was potentially going to die anyway, but he didn't die alone. So yeah, it's really hard to work out, you know, is this a happy romantic ending or is this just a tragedy about someone who maybe needed a social worker and some health care and didn't know how to look after themselves and neglected his health to the point that he died at 26 both things can be true this is the tragedy of of america's 
capitalist medical system. Like this is no, that's this isn't about capitalism. Not that I'm trying to defend capitalism, but like he would not let those people anywhere near his baboon heart. That's how uh, like because they tried to get in there and like drain fluids and stuff, and he wouldn't let them. He okay. like woke up from a full on unconscious state and was like, "Don't touch baboon heart." But is like, mental that has health nothing to do not with his part finances? Of part of healthcare. <laughs> i think that he needed an adult guardian that's he what i could think. not he could not afford mental health care nor did I, he have anybody in his life to tell him to go get some therapy <laughs> but you're I right it was also 93 like let's be honest affording mental health care was not the barrier fair fair <laughs> especially for men fair yeah i think that caroline obviously did become his guardian at some point yeah. and um I mean, I agree. How else could this have ended? Like what? She just goes and moves into his strange little <laughs> underground apartment and then they just work at the diner together forever. Mm-hmm. Like we don't really learn from Caroline at the end what her plan forward for herself is. I would have liked to have had a little bit more of a, you know, even like a line like, you know, I'm going to study to be a social worker to help other people or mm-hmm. like she need, she had no plan for herself and her skills but also she was very young and you had the feeling that she didn't have to have it all figured out. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So she had no. that one true love and yeah, it's romantic and weird. <laughs> yeah. I like And I it. think it's part of the thesis of the movie too, that like that doesn't matter as much as like, I felt like part of the movie was like jobs don't matter where you are in your life doesn't matter. Like those sort of superficial things don't and I feel like she had a future like she had an, a plan for her like future emotional life but maybe oh, yeah. not her like vocational life mm-hmm. you know I don't mm. know it's yeah, true completely. it's really ro- like a, a romance novel in that sense that the real focus is just the guy and her mm-hmm. experience in that and I feel like we really got that we felt like we were there the whole time experiencing all of the weird moments I would have loved to have seen a scene where he was watching her sleep or even a scene. Imagine the whole movie. I would kill. I would kill if they did the whole movie from his point of view. Ooh. Whoa. Whoa. Midnight Sun. Yeah. <laughs> Untamed Heart Edition. <laughs> Tamed Heart. Oh, Tamed yeah. Heart. Tamed Heart. Ugh. Let's make it. Good. Let's write it. Let's write the fanfic. That's the one. Let's get this a reboot on Netflix. Yes. Okay. Perfect. All right. Sally, do you have a lady love? I do have a lady love. I had to rack my brains. I promptly forgot everything that I've ever loved. Yeah. Yep. Um, That happens every week to us. Don't worry about that. (laughs) My first, my lady love is Angela Lansbury's Positive Moves. (gasps) Positive Moves is a book written by Angela Lansbury when she was in the height of her, uh, uh, Murder She Wrote fame. This is in 1990. Oh my God. And she wrote a book about how she keeps so trim and active. Um, <laughs> my husband bought that for me on eBay. And I know that everyone <gasps> listening is like, why recommend something that I cannot access? But don't worry, you can go on YouTube and you can look up, just put in Angela Lansbury's Positive Moves. There's also a video, an exercise video. And I'm saying in all seriousness that whilst it is funny and she does uh, wear a peach jumpsuit and pelvic thrust on her own Persian rug, it actually has really helped me just to remember that like doing some gentle stretches in your day can actually stop crippling back pain. 
So Angela Lansbury has saved my lower back. Incredible. Tell you, I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed with this. I'm obsessed. Oh, oh gosh. I'm a, this is this may be the best lady love ever, ever in the history of the podcast. Like this is ever. fantastic. And if you're not looking at the video, if you have access to the video, but you're oh, oh my, my gosh, God. but oh, you're listening to the audio, like Sally is holding up this book and it's everything you want it to be. I just I'm obsessed with this lady oh love. Thank God. you. It's enjoy, um, go onto YouTube and you actually see her up to her neck in a bubble bath explaining that sensuality doesn't have to end when you're older <gasps> and that being a feminine woman and finding your husband attractive is something that you should strive for. A lot of the, she's, she's still got it. She's still, she points a toe up out of the water. I found this from um, the maintenance phase podcast. They reviewed this book, um, they review a lot of old diet books, and generally it's quite positive. Positive moves. She just oh, eats I a big it. salad sandwich and eats when she's hungry and just does some stretches. Oh I can do that. I just love it. I oh love my it god! So much. Yeah. I think my heart is so full. Yeah. <laughs> I. Um. God, my lady love is Sally, so stupid. You absolute genius. <laughs> you're <laughs> a hot genius hot I know genius. we've said it many times on the show before but um just to your face hot genius oh I love I'll it. Take it thank you okay mine this movie put me in a very particular mood and so today I listened to um a song with two different versions and that is um so the Cavaliers it's the um, oh, where, oh, where can my baby be? That song. Mm-hmm, I don't know mm-hmm. why, but I have always found that song to be incredibly, like, tragically romantic. Um, mm-hmm. And also, Pearl Jam did it uh, mm-hmm. most recently, to my knowledge, and that one's called Last Kiss. And it was just like this nostalgic, like, taking me back to my teenage years when I was just like, oh, I just want somebody to be as obsessed with me as, like, this guy was with his dead girlfriend. <laughs> That's Why funny. am I feeling like there's a Christian Slater movie that, like, has that song in it? Like, I feel like there's, like, something in my it, brain that associates the two. in that um, Johnny Depp movie with the motorcycles and no. uh, teardrop? Mm. No. His face would fit Fine. in that movie. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> man I, I very decisively said no and watch me be wrong about that but man <laughs> yeah there is some kind of connection there I'm going to pitch so I really loved the first season of Never Have I Ever but I don't think that I said anything about it on the show and the second season is even better have you seen <gasps> Never Have I Ever better oh yeah. I haven't watched the second season yet it's I been at this out. point out for a while but we were on hiatus when it came out so oh, I just yeah. want to say if you haven't seen Never Have I Ever, it's it's just like a fantastic, fresh, young adult comedy, like love triangle, high school romance show that's just really funny and really like refreshing. And I, I really love it. It's on Netflix. Yeah, it, the first season was so good. Mm-hmm. All right, Sally, where can they find you online? Oh, you know, the usual places. Uh <laughs> You'll find me if you want to find me. Uh, <laughs> Fair enough. We'll link it Sally, in the show notes too. Sally Thorne, author on Instagram. And yeah, find me through my books. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I cannot wait for um, for building my own, my dream man. Uh-huh. Is that Angel- in the fall, right? Angelica Frankenstein makes her match. The title that it's such um, a good I title. thought they would 
they might try to get me to change the title, but I guess they were like, but even would we change it to? <laughs> I just said, sure. They've really let me go wild with this, I um, love it. this book. They've let me have a map in the front cover, which is like another Fine. of my life my last dreams the cover is incredible of course it's really different to the hitting game for which everybody will compare everything to but i love we that love. they let me do something different and it's coming out i think in september in the awesome. states so yeah it's like a like a fall like a halloween type book so hope you guys love it it's different we will love it Hell we know yeah. that we will i love <laughs> it when authors take risks and change what they're doing and i'm so excited yeah uh, thank you all right so all right keep being a badass and love yourself there's so many things love yourself much as you love oh don't pick that zit that you have leave it alone (laughs) (laughs) that is like sage advice that's like a lady love in itself yeah Mm. let's just go with it follow yeah (laughs) never follow that one me Hey, you. Yes, listener, you. Are you loving the show? If so, please leave a rating and review in your podcast app. The 90 seconds you take to say something nice not only helps new people find the show, but it makes me super smile over at HBHQ. Also, I've had a few people ask, and the answer is yes. We are still doing the five-star bribe. If you leave us a review with five stars, then we'll do whatever book you want. We're real, real deep into the list, though, so it might be a while. Ah, Lilas! Okay, back to the show.